0: The first reading is taken from Exodus, chapter 19, verses 1 to 6. At Mount Sinai, on the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine... You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We continue in um, chapter 20 of Exodus. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, and keep my commandments you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God on it you shall not do any work So that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbour. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Heavenly Father, as we approach this uh, passage, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds. That you would touch us again, and we would know what it is, that feeling to be one of your family, your people. Amen. Um, over Christmas uh, a year or so ago we decided we have an American daughter-in-law as you know we decided to teach her one of the key components of uh, life in the UK so we got out the board game Cluedo (laughs) it's quite a simple game you clearly know the game Uh, you just have to find out who killed Mr Black where and with what? And you show, you, you, you make accusations, don't you? And you, you show a card uh, to um, say that actually it's, it's not this person. And you're trying to discover those hidden cards uh, in the pile. Uh, and as usual, our older son, who always thinks he's best at pretty much everything, uh, made the first accusation uh, and he said it's, you know, whatever it was. Uh, and uh, it was wrong. We thought that was quite funny, actually, at first. (laughs) So we had a few more turns. Obviously, he was out of the game by now. And then the younger son says, I'm going to make an accusation. He said, but it can't be right, because it's exactly the same as William's. To which point we said, well, let's have a look at the cards. So we opened the cards out and we said, well, that's weird. Who's got this one? To which Katie said, oh, I've got that one. I said, well, why didn't you show it? Well, I didn't want to. (laughs) You see, everything goes wrong if you don't play by the rules. Anyway, there was a lot of pointed fingers, I can tell you. The special relationship nearly failed. (laughs) I might ask everyone here exactly the same question. Do you play by the rules? Or possibly I should say, what rules do you play by? Or whose rules do you play by? We join the people of Israel here they're called the, the House of Jacob at the foot of Mount Sinai. They crossed the Red Sea about three months earlier. They were given food, manna from heaven. God struck the rock. or Moses did, but God did the striking. And water came forth. They uh, destroyed the Amalekites, having prayed to God. And now Moses ascends the mountain and God speaks to him. This is a moment in history. I like the fact that that uh, song that we've just sung said exactly the same thing. In history you lived and died. This is historical. And in chapter 19 the author sets this down is in history. The time is recorded Uh, And he records that God is choosing them. He's setting them apart to be priests. And then he sets them apart in chapter 20 by giving them the basic laws of the community by which they should live uh, with each other. But they are the rules. They are the regulations by which they're going to live this relationship with God. And we've already established in this series, haven't we, that uh, within Exodus... Uh, there is this feeling that we're being saved from something in order to be saved for something. Uh, And this passage is no different. And I'm just going to look at three uh, small things within it. I say small, they're huge. Um, Why were we chosen? Why were we chosen? Uh, And what are we chosen for? And then for whom are we chosen? Well, firstly, the, the why... And God makes it pretty clear at the beginning who's doing the calling. It was he, he says uh, in chapter 19. It's he who took them out of Egypt. It was he that's provided for them since. He provided the food. He provided the water. He watched over them in battle. He's brought them to this point. He is saying, I am. And that's where we started in our first Uh, Look in this series, wasn't it? You can see that I am who I am. I'm, I'm going right back to the calling of Moses, the provision of this name. This is Almighty God. I am not to be mistaken. I am not to be ignored. I am not to be doubted. I am the I am. And that's where he starts in this passage. Okay, so you know who I am. And now I'm choosing you to be the people of the kingdom. A holy nation. He had the whole world to choose from. He says so. But I'm choosing you. Just in the same way that he's chosen us today. We've heard his voice. We've recognised his voice and we've obeyed. We've responded to his voice. And we've come to God Accepting the presence, his presence in our lives. We're the chosen priesthood. That's a fascinating phrase, isn't it? We are a priesthood? What does a priest do? Don't look at me, I'm possibly not the normal priest, but uh, I mean, a, a priest is set apart. They're called to something different. They're called to speak the words of God. The priest was the one who was allowed to go to the altar and serve the people. To be close to God. To speak on God's behalf. They had to look different. Even then they had to look different. This little bit of plastic. But it's there for a purpose. And they were there to behave differently. We are all the people of the priesthood. We are all priests in the kingdom of God. Do we need to take a rain check? Are you okay with that? You're a priest. You are called to be different, behave differently, speak differently, look differently, speak the words of God when you are called to do so. Are you still okay with that? That's what we're being called to. We are priests in the kingdom of God. So secondly then, if we are those priests, what are we being chosen for? And this is where we come to the laws. Well, consider the law for a moment. Because the law sets boundaries. It restricts. It binds. It limits. Does it? Does it really Does it actually bind us or give us ability? Does it restrict or give us freedom within the boundaries? Does it limit us or provide us with an opportunity? What would the game of Cluedo be if it were not for the rules? Would it ever end? It would be completely pointless. There wasn't any Six Nations, sadly, this weekend. Uh, But if there was, they'd have to play to the rules. And it's only in playing to the rules that actually you can have a decent game. And you can have a game with structure and purpose and an outcome. The rules actually allow you to play the game. And the Israelites, as I said right at the beginning, would have thought this was, this was pretty desperate. They've come out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of oppression, where there were rules aplenty. And here they are, facing God, who wants to give them rules. But within them, they knew that they could actually be different. They were not allowed to own anything in Egypt, because it could be taken away But now the rules of ownership meant that they could own something. They were free to do so. They were free to work without being punished. They were free to form community and look after each other. The rules here give freedom. They don't bind you in oppression. Laws gave them identity and we are chosen to be different. So if we know why we're chosen to become a priesthood, we know what we're chosen for, for whom are we chosen? And the answer, of course, is that we're called by God. We're called by God to live differently. And in the earlier service today, we had a, Uh, we had a passage which was looking at the Old and the New Covenant, or two passages. The Old Covenant, of course, where it was very much, this is what you need to do for me, to be called the people of God. That was the Ten Commandments. But the New Covenant, under Jesus Christ and his sacrifices, this is what I've done for you. All you need to do is accept me to be a member of the kingdom of God. It's a big difference. But I wonder whether sometimes we stop that because we are saved from the effects of sin, we forget that we are saved to live a different life for God. We get the from bit, but we forget the for. And Exodus, as we said right at the beginning, saved us from something in order to do something, for something. Being a member of the Holy Nation is not a spectator sport. It's not part-time. Because if we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we are different A chameleon changes its colour but it's still a chameleon. A caterpillar becomes a butterfly and is completely different. It can't go backwards. It is changed once and for all. And when we become members of the Kingdom of God, we are changed. We are different people. This is for always. But... And I know there's a big but. We are weak and we are selfish and we let God down, we let each other down. And we're always on show. That is why um, I was talking about it at a a training event once uh, and someone came up with the term faith flags. So in my office I now have various faith flags One you know about, because Marion bought me a mug which says Rev Dave on it, which sits in my office. I also have, um, by my telephone, a little sign which says, Pray First. So that before I make a phone call, I pray first. And there on my desk, I think I've told you this one as well, it was a secret Santa, uh, but I left it hanging on the edge of my desk. It says, Off Duty Vicar. Only disturb before hell breaks loose. <laughs> Which is great. But I leave it there, and, and I have all my meetings in my office. I'm very fortunate to have one. So all meetings are in there. And when I'm not using my office, other people use my office. It's just an open space. And they see these signs, and then they come and ask me about them Is it true that you're a vicar? It's that that remarkable to them, I know. (laughs) It's that (laughs) astonishing. But they do ask. Because it's not a part-time job. It's not a part-time job being a priest in the kingdom of God. We are all priests, all the time. So we see that having some rules is a pretty good idea because it gives us the freedom to know when we're reaching the edge when we're reaching the boundary it tells us a point beyond which we should not travel it tells us that when we're playing Cluedo and you've got the card, just show it because that's the rule this isn't a game So I ask myself, how am I this week going to work out the faith that I have? Because I'm a priest in the Holy Nation, the Kingdom of God. We've become the people of God. We're therefore different. We're called to serve Him through His ever-present love and power. Because God walks with us every day. That's how we can do it. The King of Love My shepherd is, his goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever.